Hello and welcome to the Second Talk Archery Podcast. My name is James and I'm your host for today. The Talk Archery Podcast is a friendly, informative and sometimes funny chat with the people from the world of archery. Today, I'm talking to Andrew and Philip Taylor, a father and son team from the Rochdale Company of Archers. Andrew is the current chairman of the Rochdale Company of Archers, and both Andrew and Philip have been president of the Rochdale Company of Archers. Both are also level two archery GB coaches. And finally, Andrew is a coach with the Lancashire Junior Squad. So let's jump straight into the podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to the second archery podcast here hosted at Rochdale Company Archers. And today I've got with me Philip and Andrew Taylor, or Andrew and Philip Taylor, chairman and... Junior coach. Junior coach. Um, Right, I'd like you to introduce yourselves, because I did send you an email saying, please send me a bio so that I could read it out. (laughs) It didn't come. You're very busy people. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So what I'll do, I'll go to you first, Andrew. Yes. Just give us a brief introduction about yourself and your role at RCA. Right, yes. Uh, hello, James. Uh, I started with Philip uh, back in 2000 and... Not 2000, 2009. 2009, yes. Uh, and the, the idea for starting at Archery was that I wanted to be involved in a sport with my son, who at the time was eight. And I wanted to be able to do something together. We were already members of a swimming club. We wanted another activity that we could do together. So we joined when Philip was eight. Uh, His younger brother, Oliver, couldn't join immediately because he wasn't quite eight at the time. So we had to wait a little while for him to join. Uh, He did his beginner's course uh, with his mother and we thought, we could do a sport together. That didn't work out. Didn't work out for Sandra. She's got a problem with the shoulder, so she found it very uncomfortable. So, but the three of us, the three boys, we managed to uh, uh, enjoy archery together. That that has worked out really well because now we can we can go and do some archery, and Mum gets a break from us, <laughs> which is always a positive. Yeah. So that's worked out really well that the uh, the two boys and myself have been able to enjoy a sport together. Uh, I've now continued on being a coach here at Rochdale Company of Archers. Philip is also a coach at Rochdale Company of Archers, but then went, moved on to university, and he's continued to be an archer and a coach at Huddersfield University. And Oliver is also enjoying archery now that he's moved to uh, York University. So it's, it's a sport that you can take with you for life. Uh, and although they joined very early at the age of eight, uh, I think that they've gone up. It's it's going to be a passion for them for the rest of their lives, which is transferable wherever they go, which is great. Go on then, Philip. You do a little brief introduction for us there. Well, I don't know what there is left to say other than um, we started it as a as a family sport, and it was fantastic. I started here at the junior club, as Gene and Roger have already said. Uh, they took us under their wing and taught us everything we know about archery. Uh, and they gave us the confidence and the support to when the leader of the junior club left some years ago, uh, we were supported to take over the reins and start running it. And when we went to do a coaching course, they supported us again. 
and their, their tithe of support has not yet stopped. It's wonderful uh, to have such a voice of experience supporting us. So yes, now I am the junior coach. I, in part, run the junior club, along with Andrew and along with Rachel Quigley, who's the junior secretary. Uh, it's a bit of a triple act. <laughs> uh, but it means the responsibilities are split between us and we have such a, a wide range of knowledge that it, it works really well. Let's get the first question out of the way then. Who's the best tailor to actually? <gasps> oh, now you see, you're bringing in family rivalry there. Uh, indoors, I think I can just peep Philip out of Portsmouth yeah. or Worcester. Indoors, definitely. Outdoors, currently, watch this space. My scores are higher than his. Uh, Philip is definitely ahead of us. Uh, but my little brother wipes the floor with both of us. Yes. He's, I'll never sell it, tell him to his face, but he's definitely the best tailor. <laughs> yes. But his trick, uh, his secret, is that all the way through the, uh, the COVID lockdown, he's been extremely fit with doing uh, upper body exercises. So he's been using ball trainers and exercises indoors. This is a university student we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's keeping fit, it's not... He's absolutely continued to keep fit. And that has then meant that as he's then gone back outdoors, he hasn't had to go significantly down in poundage. He's managed to be able to maintain roughly the same poundage. Uh, he certainly can't shoot as many arrows as he used to, so he's, he's, he's limited to typically six dozen shoots, six dozen archery shoots, uh, as opposed to 12 dozen. But on the shorter outdoor shoots, he's managing to maintain that, fit, that that level of fitness. And it's because of that, he at the moment, he's wiping the floor with us. Right, so we started out who's the best uh, tailor. Um, which part of um, archery do you enjoy? Do you still enjoy it, even though you're chairman of Rochdale Company Archers now? Do you... Well, you're saying I'm, re I'm chairman of Rochdale Company of Archers. Uh, so I've started off as nothing more than a mere archer and not a great one. But I've always enjoyed teaching or coaching. Uh, prior to be an archer, I was a diving instructor. I was a diving instructor for 25 years. And I've always enjoyed passing on knowledge of how to do something to others. So I've always enjoyed the coaching side. So both Philip and I did the level one coach course together. I moved on to the level two, which is for development level. Uh, that's helped us run the junior club effectively. It means that we can instruct the juniors with good advice, not just positive encouragement. We can give them courage, encouragement in the right direction. And I enjoy the coaching more than I enjoy the archery. Don't get me wrong, I still enjoy archery. Uh, I managed to shoot four times this week and just managed to get a, a new PB for myself on a, on a Portsmouth, which is very satisfying but it's not as satisfying as helping somebody else learn how to do something correctly. I, that's the best buzz I get. So we've, got, we've gone straight into it there, whereby it's social club. So you've got the members again, make up the club, and it's all yep. about joining in. So volunteering in different aspects doesn't take away anything from archery from you? Not at all, no. I enjoy both participating and the giving. And Philip, which aspect of archery do you enjoy most? I enjoy uh, very much the coaching. Uh, you can't be a coach if you don't enjoy it. If you don't enjoy showing other people 
how it works, showing them the ropes. And if you haven't got a bucket full of patience, then you can't do coaching. But picking up on something that Roger has just said, um, he said that if you don't understand something, then speak up and talk to the people on your target or the people on the next target. And it's something, we're, not, we're never taught, it's not a rule that if somebody doesn't understand, you have to help them, but it's instinctive. It's you help the people that are around you because if they are not having a good time, chances are you're not going to have a good time either. So when people don't understand how scoring works, we, it's easy enough to explain to people, take them through step by step. And it's a, it's a self-governing <laughs> uh, set of helping. Everybody's always willing to help everybody else. That is, the, the, the community aspect of the sport is my favourite thing. Now you mentioned uh, Roger, Roger and Gina, that just in case uh, the listeners, the viewers didn't know, there was a previous podcast um, of Gene and uh, Roger Stratton. I always get their name, surname. Stratton. Stratton. Um, uh, the judges, it will be, if you want to have a listen to that before we carry on, um, we may just refer to it once or twice. Um, but yeah, they were, they, were, they were an excellent couple. Um, so, but you're not just RCA, you also do Huddersfield Archery Club. That's right. I went to university in 2017 and I joined the university archery club straight away. And since then, I've, they just can't seem to get rid of me. I've been uh, leading them as their coach and I've, been, I've done a stint as their captain now. So I, I'm in charge of uh, getting them all shooting. And it's very much the same there. Uh, people show up because they love it, because they, they need to get away from the studies, because uh, they want to have a laugh because uh, they want to improve and even there there's there's no fear in coming up to us and asking for help or advice so you'd recommend it for all students i'd recommend it for any student yeah uh um also they're all they're very good at going to the pub so the <laughs> students are archers both they, they tend to get a good balance of doing a bit of archery and then going to the pub so how's that how's it going now it's it's a little more difficult uh, at the moment we've seen a drop in membership as all clubs have at the moment, but the the core of the, the they've got the diehards. They're they're certainly coming every week, and we're getting a dozen archers a week. Which to say we we don't have our own range, we're borrowing somebody else's range is actually all right. And they're enjoying shooting for socially, and they're seeing that their scores are improving. We've just taken up scoring rounds on mobile phones, and it's changed the way that they they want they want to score now because nobody wants to sit at the end of a shoot and do some adding up. But if they can do it on the phone and it adds up as they're going, then they'll, they'll do that, no problem. And that's, that's the iPhone generation. That is, yeah. It's the, the tech generation. And one of the benefits of that is that you can immediately see your score and they're able to compare it to the score that they did last week and the shoot that they did, they did last week. And they see that there is a tangible improvement as they are coming and shooting more and being a bit more mindful about how their, their form is changing over time. They can feel that they're posture is developing as they're asking for advice and when they've got a specific focus they can see how that impacts their their shooting over a session or over a group of sessions excellent so well um, since all we're here sat here in the range of Rochdale Company of Archers can you tell us about Rochdale Company of Archers yes absolutely Rochdale Company of Archers was founded as Wardle Gun Club Wardle Gun Club, in yes. In 1954. As in guns? Yes, as in, yes, as in, right. as in gun handgun shooting. Uh, they branched into archery and gun shooting dropped off and then they became an archery club. 
at the time they didn't have their own range. I think they were using some pub's back garden and they were, shoot they were stood on the pavement and shooting through uh, to, to the back garden, which we don't do that anymore. That was 1954, different world. Health and safety. Health and safety, yes. We'll tell you all about risk assessments. Uh, but they, from there, they carried on and then they got a bit of money together. They begged, borrowed and, and uh, what do you call it? Building materials Building together. materials, yes. <laughs> Brain went totally blank then. Uh, they needed to build a shed uh, and then they built a range. Oh, yeah. uh, and then they came to where they are today, except it was on a, the, this building wasn't up, but it was a slightly different location. Then in 2000 and something, the, the, Four, I think. 2004, their old range was knocked down and this building was put up uh, and they've been here ever since. We joined them in 2009. You haven't looked back? No. We're very fortunate that we've got an excellent indoor range here. It's one of the best in Lancashire, partly because it's extremely well insulated, which means that when the heating goes on, it quickly becomes warm and it stays warm, unlike some other archery clubs that we've been to around Lancashire and other places, which are... Uh, they're, they're more farm-like. But no, it's, it is nice, isn't it? It's... Uh... Uh, what, what size uh, range have we got here? It's just short of uh, 30 metres long. It's about 29 metres long. But, of course, you've got the entrance area at the back. Uh, and, of course, you've got a little bit of depth lost behind the bosses. So we can comfortably do uh, 18 metres, 20 yards. Uh, if there's very few people in, it is possible to do 25 yards, which is quite rare. Uh, but literally, you can only do that when there's just a handful of people in because there is literally no room behind the shooting line for uh, for guests or visitors. I'm not going to go too much into detail, but um, I'm hoping that the people that are listening and watching are archers. You've got problems there with metres and yards. Yes. And oh, archery is a wonderfully complicated sport. They, we mix up the imperial and the metric system all the time. There are two governing bodies in in. UK archery, there is the Grand National Archery Society who trades as Archery GB and they use the imperial system. And there is World Archery, formerly known as FITA FITA, and they use the metric system. FITA World Archery is the governing body for archery internationally. But we tend to comply with, well, we have to comply with their rules if we're doing one of their shoots. And otherwise, we use GNAS. The, the names are still used interchangeably, but even I'm trying to get myself to say AGB and World Archery. As, uh, so we do use Imperial when we're talking about shoots that are run by AGB, GNAS. We also do metric distances for World Archery shoots. What does the Olympics come under? The Olympics comes under World Archery and they shoot at 70 metres on a target face that's exactly that big. There's an 80 centimetre target face uh, just behind us. Is that a Portsmouth? No, that's, no. that's, uh, that's an 80 centimetre face. It's the, the Portsmouth, Portsmouth face is 60. Shows how long I've been doing that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many different permutations. So as a club, what's it like? It's a friendly club. That's the most important and why this club is quite still so successful. We've still got quite a good membership, even though we've just gone through uh, COVID. Uh, we've managed to retain, I think we're at about 112, 114 members, which is not bad, considering that we've just gone through the COVID pandemic. 
The vast majority of those members are still not coming to the shoot on a regular basis because there's still uncertainty for health and safety. But there's a core of people that are still coming to shoot uh, on a regular basis. Probably about 20 to 30 archers that come on an irregular basis. We're still having to do uh, restricted shooting. So for indoors, we're restricted to uh, three households, no more. So typically, if it's just individual archers, that's three archers in an indoor range. But uh, pre-COVID, we could, on a Thursday cup shoot, we could have had 30 archers in here. So having only three archers feels very isolated. I'm very positive that this will recover in time. We are on the right side of the COVID pandemic and we will recover from this position. And I can see that the membership will gradually grow back to its former levels uh, and uh, improve as well. So the membership, is that uh, all seniors or adults? Is it, what Complete you, mix. Complete right. mix of membership. We've got members from 8 to 80, which is lovely, especially on a big event day when you can see archers of every single age and ability shooting together. Uh, there's no airs and graces shooting at a club like this. So everybody is able to shoot the same shoots, but not necessarily at the same distances. So the juniors will shoot at shorter distances and the seniors will shoot at longer distances. But many uh, seniors, just for the sheer fun of it, will choose to shoot at shorter distances because it's easier and it's more, more relaxed. Uh, we don't always have to shoot competitively. There's very few members in the club that are not willing to uh, offer their time and support for every single level of archer in the club. Uh, we've got an effective team of coaches, uh, which means that we're able to run have-a-goals and beginners courses. Uh, and although we often put out a list saying who will be able to attend to run the beginners courses, we always end up with more coaches than we do uh, beginners, novices, uh, because there's so many people willing to give their time to help to pass on their knowledge. And they don't necessarily have to be a coach. Any volunteer that's, uh, uh, that's uh, a current member can come and help in a beginner's course. And we never show it to volunteers to run beginner's courses, which is great to see. So it's like old adage again, the club's made up of its members? Totally. A club, uh, and it's not just applying to archery, it applies to any sport in the UK. Clubs do not survive unless the uh, volunteers willing to give their time to help run uh, an effective club. And it can be simple things like on a work night, all these bosses that you see behind us, they've got to be stripped down and the forms have got to be spread round so that you've got good forms in the centres and the waste materials taken away. It all takes time. And you need every kind of volunteer to help vacuum the floor and this big space takes quite a time. So uh, typically on a work night, you'll see people with, uh, with up to four vacuums running away at, uh, uh, on a work night trying to clean this floor. Uh, but there's all, all sorts of jobs that need doing on a regular basis, and that's typically done about once a month. And we always get a good, helpful uh, core of volunteers coming to help. So you mentioned uh, beginners courses, have a go. How would people find out information about them if they wanted to uh, come along and try? Primarily our website it is how we're found. People normally search archery in my area and we will come up as Rochdale Company of Archers on Google mm -hmm. and we have a website that shows 
what we offer, when we offer, how much it's going to be, uh, and what kind of commitment we're expecting. So for somebody who just wants to see if archery is for them without making a commitment, uh, we offer taster sessions, which is where you can come down to the range for an hour and you pick up a jelly bow and you fire some arrows down and you have a laugh with us. And if you decide archery is for you, you can come, or people do, just go straight to a beginner's course, which is a four or six week commitment. If you do four weeks, it's three hour sessions. If you do six weeks, the two hour sessions, because we have to give you 12 hours of coaching. Now it's one-to-one -one coaching or one-to-group by the end. Is it expensive? Archery? It's inexpensive compared to some other sports, but an amount of money is required. It's, if you look at it over a few weeks, it's not so much. Uh, for the hour session, we ask for a 10 pounds contribution towards the club. And for the, the 12 hour session, it's, oh, it's either 60 or 75 pounds. It's 70. It's 70. <laughs> 70. Oh, that's always wrong. It's 70 pounds, which isn't much over a certain number of weeks because we've, we've got to heat the room for, for one. We've got to replace equipment that deteriorates and gets old. We've got to put up, we've put up fresh target faces for everyone. Uh, and then there's the tea and biscuits, which is always a hot topic. You can't forget the tea and biscuits. Yeah. So once you bought your kit, is it is it constantly paying money or? Oh no, no. In fact, we we discourage people from buying things straight away. It's one of our pet peeves as coaches, because if you buy something as soon as you get into archery, chances are in three months' time you'll be buying something else. Because as a beginner, you do not know what you want. We see this all the time on archery Facebook pages where people saying, "I'm thinking of buying this or this. What do you say?" And the comments are littered with, "Don't buy anything. Go to a club." So for the first three months, you can use our club equipment. We've got a selection of bows that are maintained by our equipment officer. And for a pound a session, although I don't think anybody checks up on that anymore, uh, you can borrow the club's equipment. And that's really important because as a beginner, your form and your posture is changing. And you'll go from having a, a draw length or the, yeah, a draw length that you think is long enough to one that is much longer. And as you're muscles develop, you'll be able to go up in poundage. Uh, so there's no point throwing money away. And when you do go buying a bow, we recommend that you take a coach with you and they can put you in the right, right direction of what you might need. But once you've bought your equipment, the jump between using club kit and your own kit is very substantial. Once you've got your own bow and you're familiar with it, the jump to a 2,000 pound bow is very little, really. Is that price or weight? <laughs> oh, that's, that's price. Uh, yeah, that's price. In, in target archery, we're limited to 60 pounds. We can't, uh, 60 pound draw weight, that is. Uh, we're not allowed to draw any heavier than that. It's different in field archery, but in target archery, 60 pound draw weight is your maximum. So the draw, again, we're expecting most people to be archers here, so the draw weight is what you're pulling back on to release the arrow. Yep. Right. So we're not uh, we're not like Henry VIII with hundred pound. We're not doing war bows here. No, no. And one of the things we discourage is going up in poundage too quickly, because if you go up in poundage too quickly, your body will be putting all of its effort into just getting the string back rather than getting the form right. Once you've got your posture right and you've got good alignment, your muscles will develop naturally. Going up in draw weight too quickly can only lead to causing yourself an injury. So if I'm an adult and I want to come in and I want to pull the strongest bow I can, you would suggest... I'll give you £12. £12 draw weight. Start off low. 
work your way up nice and gradually. Uh, your coat will help you and guide you onto what kind of draw weight you will eventually achieve. But initially, as a beginner, you'll be drawing next to nothing because, as Philip mentioned, it's the posture, the technique that matters the most to get the targets into a consistent location. Draw weight is to do with getting an arrow to travel a further distance. Well, if you're indoors and you're only ever shooting 20 yards, increased poundage has no benefit. So it's the technique that will get you a, a smaller group size on your arrows landing, hopefully somewhere near the gold. Uh, so increasing poundage too soon has absolutely no positive effect and can have quite a significant uh, negative effect. And is this the same for juniors? It's more so, more so for juniors. Juniors have got this, uh, they have this annoying habit of growing and that naturally increases their, their draw weight because an archery bow has a draw weight at a certain distance that you pull the string. Well, if a junior's arms are growing, the string has to travel further. Therefore, the junior is pulling a higher poundage just by the virtue of the length of their arms have grown. So, uh, children are always growing. So, as a, as a parent, you're worried about the costs of going. I like to go back to the cost there. Oh, you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> so, if I buy my little Johnny a little, uh, a little bow, yes. um, how often am I going to have to change it? Well, that's going to come, I'm afraid that is going to come naturally with growth. Um, because a, a smaller junior is going to be using a smaller riser with short limbs because they've got a smaller skeleton shape, therefore they need to be using a smaller bow. And as they grow, they will need a physically larger bow, but they will also increase in their technique and their ability to draw the bow, and therefore the poundage will go up. So... Unfortunately for juniors, there is a rapid turnover of equipment, far much more than adults, with the possible exception of the adults that can't make their mind up and are constantly hoping that buying more and more expensive equipment will improve their archery. And you know what, it doesn't. <laughs> so if I come to Rochdale Company House, what, what type of archery can I do? We do uh, target archery. The Faces that you can see behind us, the yellow, red, blue, black and white faces, are that scale of face is used for every shoot we do, apart from one that's called a Worcester, and for some reason that uses a black and white face and nobody knows why, but that's, that's indoors. So the same arrangement is used inside and out, it's just scaled up a bit. So as you get outside, rather than the target face being 60 centimetres across, or as you can see there, 80 centimetres across, they're 122 centimetres across, so they're a little over a metre in size. And people normally look at them and go, wow, that's big. You stick it at 60 yards and try and hit it, it doesn't feel so big anymore. And can it bring any type of bow? We allow recurve bows, which can be modified to a bare bow if you don't want all the fancy bits on it. We shoot longbow and variations of bare bow, longbow, such as American flatbow. Uh, we also shoot compound. And that is where our... <laughs> uh, or allow bow styles uh, end because we do not allow crossbow shooting. Archery GB has allowances for crossbow shooting, but our insurance doesn't cover it, so we don't do crossbow shooting. Why is that? What's, what's so special about crossbows? 
Crossbows are more like a gun than they are a bow. With a recurve bow, or compound bow, or a long bow, where your maximum draw length, you are holding the most weight, unless you're a compounder. And the weight is being held by the human body. Your hand is pushing the bow away, and your hand is pulling the string back uh, with aid of your back. With a crossbow, when the bow is loaded and ready to fire, the weight is being held by a mechanism. So it's not being held by human strength. And the release is a metal trigger rather than fingers or a release aid. So that is the, that's the distinction I draw. Anyway, I don't know if anybody else draws any no, other distinction. It's, it's much more like uh, gun shooting, yes, which it, is cheating. It sounds a little like compound as well. It, oh, it, well. There is, it, it's a bit of a hybrid <laughs> compound. Yeah, compound's a weird one. Yes, You'll, you'll hear lots of uh, negative comments towards compound archery. Uh, but that's predominantly coming from the longbowers and the bearbowers and the, the recurves that say compound archery is cheating because there's mechanical aids. So you've got a magnifier for uh, on the site, which makes uh, aiming both easier and more difficult at the same time, which is sounds like a contradiction. You've got pulley wheels, which uh, aids the mechanical advantage uh, on the pulling of the drawstring, which means that a compound bow with a 60-pound release, the archer may only be holding 40% of that 60%, of that 60 pounds on, uh, on sighting onto the target. All those mechanical aids makes it somewhat easier to get a good score. The downside of that, of course, is that the scoring regime for compound is much harsher because the method of archery is easier, Therefore, the scoring is harsher. Uh, so it's a slightly different discipline doing compound archery. Uh, and some people migrate to compound very quickly. My personal belief is that you should learn how to use a recurve or bearbow archery first and then migrate onto compound archery if you wish to. Uh, because the techniques that you learn on recurve archery are fundamental to every every type of archery that there is. So as a beginner walking through the door, I don't have to know what I want to shoot. It would be a longbow, compound, absolutely, recurve, absolutely not. You're, if you come for a beginner's course over the six or four weeks that you do a beginner's course, we will be showing you every type of bow that a member in our club shoots. We have some fantastic volunteers in our club and people who shoot a bow usually enjoy showing it off. <laughs> so when we put out an email saying, could somebody come and show the next set of beginners? We usually have more volunteers than we know what to do with. So one week we'll show you what a full recurve bow uses because you'll be using a recurve bow on the beginners course. Uh, you'll see what an Olympic takedown recurve bow will look like once it's fully kitted out. Uh, and that's usually a bit flashy and shiny. And then the next week we'll show you a long bow. And then the next week we'll show you somebody using a compound bow. So you will have exposure on the beginner's course to every type of bow that you can shoot with in the UK. And you can make your decision from there. Or you can decide, you know what, I still don't know. I'm going to continue using club kit and I'll make my decision three months down the line, six months down the line. We started using recurve bows and we have considered several times trying longbow or compound bow. We haven't. We, we, 
we've looked at it and we've thought about it and we've an art and we've stuck with the recurve because we love it. No, I've stuck to a recurve. I'm a diehard recurve. <laughs> so have, it, have you mastered recurve? No, nope. mastered? That's a very strong phrase. <laughs> well, that kind of implies that I, I can win every possible shoot going. That's never going to be the case. We spend far too much of our time coaching to... <laughs> to um... <laughs> Dare I say we spend too much time talking about it than doing it? We spend a lot more time talking about it than doing it, yeah. You mentioned the Olympics there. If I wanted to be an uh, Olympic, would I join this club and say, I'm going to be an Olympian? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you come to us and say, I want to do the Olympics in, I don't know where they're holding it next. Tokyo. Tokyo is the next Tokyo. one, if it happens. If, if you say I want to shoot at Tokyo, I'll say, wow, they've just made the selection process too late. Sorry, bud. Uh, but if you say you want to do the next one, or the, more likely the one after that, uh, we have the knowledge to get you there. We have the know-how. We can get you there. It's not an impossible dream. If you were to begin in archery here at Rochdale now, then possibly not in four years, but in eight years' time you certainly should have the capacity to be able to be an Olympic archer. Uh, there's enough skill and knowledge here at Rochdale Company of Archers uh, to get you there. Well, Philip and I have done the level one, which was for equivalent for running small sessions in the club. The level two, which is the equivalent for uh, developing coaches. Uh, both of us are wanting to do the county coach course but that was called off because of uh, COVID, unfortunately. Well, we were accepted onto the course. We yes, had, we, we went. We had our interview and they said, excellent, we'll, we'll look forward to teaching you. And uh, two weeks later, we were in lockdown. So that, we're just waiting on when that's starting. Yeah, so we're waiting for that to happen. And also at Rochdale, we've recognised... Uh, one of the things that we've done during, during lockdown is we've had a good, long, hard look at what our strengths and our weaknesses are. So we're restructuring the club very, very slightly at committee level and coaching level. And one of the strengths that we're going to be introducing is that we're going to have an, uh, a clearer programme of coaching. So Philip's mentioned that we have the opportunity of doing taster sessions and have a goes, followed on to beginners. But we're going to have an increased programme for following a beginner's course, there will be an induction which is hand-holding, show, show your way around the, around the club, the do's and don'ts, how the alarm's put on, how the heating's put on and off, etc. But also that's to help you to introduce you to some existing archers because a beginner's course is a closed environment. It's literally shut to all the other members of the club. So rather than abandoning those newly qualified novice archers to say, right, just come to the club when you want. We're going to do much more hand-holding. So there'll be an induction to show them and then a boost course to uh, encourage them to do small mini competitions, exercises for improving their technique, uh, introducing the concept of having goals that are not related to scoring, have performance, not performance, uh, technique goals so that you practice how many times out of six arrows you have a good release and see if you can introduce the idea of on six arrows, increase that from two to three good arrows to four good arrows to five good arrows. So you're working on your technique, not just how many times you fit a yellow circle. 
Following on from that, we're going to be introducing much more development coaches, coaching as well. So there'll be uh, have a go, taster, beginners, induction, boost, and development. So we've got a much clearer idea of how we will be introducing coaching here at RCA. And we're looking forward to introducing that as soon as we've got out of this COVID. So as a beginner, I've, uh, I've passed the beginner's course. I have now become a full member. Um, does that give me, entitle me to do these uh, courses? And Anybody that's completed the beginner's course here at RCA uh, are welcome to come on to the induction boost and the development course, course uh, courses programs. All the coaching is going to be provided by uh, RCA coaches. Uh, we've got to find, we've got to agree some of the finer detail of who's going to do what, when, where, and how. Uh, but that's at, at discussion at this at this moment, and uh, we'll be introducing that as soon as we come out of COVID. Okay, um, you've mentioned that once or twice now, the elephant in the room. We are talking in 2021, <laughs> and uh, we're still mm. under the uh, the shadow of COVID. Has COVID-19 affected RCA? Oh, absolutely. In the first instance, when we went into lockdown, the club had to shut. We had no choice. As we were reopening, we were given guidance on how to keep our members safe from every organisation that has a web page. Every, <laughs> everybody was saying, you need to be doing this and this and this. And we spent two or three weeks collating all that guidance into our risk assessment and then showing our members how we can keep them safe, how they can keep each other safe as we get back into archery. That has been an ongoing struggle, getting the, the most up-to-date guidance, the most up-to-date suggestions, collating it and publicising it to the members. Uh, but it's, it's something that we've got to do. We know we've got to do it, and we've made a, a very good job of it, actually. Yeah, our, our listeners won't know, I'm a member of RCA, and I do know the amount of effort the two of you have been putting into these uh, revised one, risk, two, assessments. Three risk assessments. I think we're on version 11 at the moment. I'm so looking forward to doing number 12. Um, so what's, uh, what do you think RCA are, and for this, all archery clubs, what do you think they need to do now coming out of COVID? Encourage new members. It's something that Roger and Jean mentioned, is that members are the foundation of the club. And this is a club owned by its members. And the members decide what shoots we put on, uh, how frequently, how many beginners courses we do. And it's, it's just that. We have to do more taster sessions. We have to do more beginners courses. Positive engagement with archery uh, is a really important thing. And that's because you're not a business, are you? You're not joining a club where it's no. run by people. It's run by the members. It's owned by the members. Rochdale Company of Archers is a limited company, but it has cask status which is Community Amateur Sports Club. Uh, because, because I'd, I, I've lost myself on that. You, I thought you were doing really well there. <laughs> then suddenly you just went... <laughs> <laughs> I had an idea of where I was going and the brain stopped working. Gives you an insight into MPs, don't it? You know, when the MPs come and sit in the news and you've got Jeremy Paxman there and he's asking you every question. I do it. You got to, yeah, they must no. be constantly. No, I just, I just pick up a brick and throw it in. <laughs> so be careful. <laughs> just wait until I get into the deep questions. Oh, really? <laughs> so, so yeah, a new club or a club trying to come out of COVID has got to get the members to come or to rejoin or new members. 
how are they going to do this? We are increasing our engagement with the wider public. Uh, Archery Jubilee has just run the, the, the big reopening and later in June and July, they're going to be running an event that they put on every year, which is the big weekend, I think they call it, mm -hmm. which is where they encourage archery clubs to go out into the wide world, borrow a park for an afternoon, take some bows, engage, engage with the local community. Uh, not just through the website, because the website's a fantastic resource, but it's not enough to tell people we exist as people are leaving their homes more regularly and for longer periods of time and enjoying the sun that we might be having over summer. We want to be there in the open air and say, look, we're here and we are a sport that is open to everybody. We are absolutely inclusive and we are available to help you get out, get enjoy the fresh air and make some friends. You mentioned a park there. How dangerous is archery? Can we just go into a park? Oh, that's an interesting question. Archery is not dangerous. It is a high-risk sport, but the risk is managed by risk assessment and measures are put in place to make it safe, which is why we have a 100% safety record. Nobody has ever been seriously hurt in archery. Well, Except a previous president. Except, okay, yeah, except a previous president. <laughs> Equipment malfunctions aside, nobody has ever been hurt by, uh, by archery. Yeah. Uh, so that means that if we, if there is a space uh, that we can be set up in, we can go to it and say, we can put ourselves here, we will put netting around here, uh, we will rope off these areas and we make it safe. We make do with what we've got. We follow the rules of shooting, which are available to anybody who wants to know how a shoot is technically put together, whether it makes any sense or not. I can't guarantee it does. So I know I, know I joked earlier about wanting to be uh, an Olympian. It, will, will the Olympics have an effect upon membership? It does every time the Olympics is on. In the Olympic year and the year that follows it, we always see an increase in our membership. Mm. And it's usually followed by repetitions of Brave on, TV, on, on the television <laughs> or the Hunger Games or Robin Hood. Uh, that kind of thing always has an impact on people searching for archery in the area and so why our website is so important to show that we're there uh, and our membership does go up but that fluctuation of membership is a part of the, the lifespan of the club so um rochdale company archers you also you come under lancashire yes so what can you tell us a little bit more about the junior squad the lancashire junior archery squad lancashire archery association has its own junior squad uh, of which this one has recently become the coach of lancashire junior squad how can you be the the coach of so many clubs and still enjoy archery? Because we enjoy coaching, yes. You can only do uh, coaching if you, if you naturally get enjoyment out of giving your assistance to other people. Uh, Philip just mentioned that I volunteered to be the uh, Lancashire junior coach, which unfortunately I volunteered in the January and we then went into lockdown in March uh, of 2020. Uh, but we're just starting to get the Lanx Junior Squad back up and running. Uh, we've just recently done our first outdoor shoot or practice uh, at Blackpool uh, Bowman just a few weeks ago. And we're hoping to do that again in just a few more weeks again. The discipline of uh, archery is that practicing good technique is what matters the most rather than the equipment choice or the poundage of the bow. If you can produce an archer that is consistent in their technique, the location that the arrows fall 
is equally consistent. And that's what all coaching is about. It's about I- identifying inconsistencies, helping the archer understand those inconsistencies, being aware that they do them, showing them, possibly by photograph or a little video, letting them understand what they're doing, giving them exercises to practice to remove those inconsistencies. And as they lose those inconsistencies, they become more consistent and therefore their, their performance improves. And that's transferable from club level right up to county level. You hinted there that uh, without it becoming boring, that archery is about repetition. Of course it is. Everything's repetition in archery. Uh, if you can do the same thing every single shot, you will get the same result every time. Human nature is that we can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, an analogy would be if you listen to musicians playing live music, every performance is just ever so slightly different. They're not identical. It's not like listening to a CD. You're always going to be having a slight variation. And it's understanding those variations and dealing with them that increases your performance. So it's an internal battle. Totally. It's all, it's not just physical, it's mental. It's understanding your abilities and controlling those abilities. So uh, joining Rochdale Company Archers, I can go and shoot other counties, other clubs? Yes. Mm. Once you're a member of, of Rochdale Company of Archers, you get a, a little card through the post from Archer GB that says that you have a, a membership number. And that membership number is proof that you have insurance to shoot. You can then go to Cheshire or Yorkshire or any other part of the country that has a club registered with Archery GB and you can shoot with them, be it a friendly club or if they have a guest policy, you can go shoot as a guest. And the same for our club. We have people come that are guests uh, that are members of other clubs that come and shoot with us for fun. We put on shoots uh, for club shoots. People from outside can come and take part because it's all for fun. So there's competition between other clubs and other counties? Yeah, there's other there's competitions between other counties. Famously, uh, our, our most prestigious shoot is the three-county shoot, which is between Lancashire, Warwickshire and Cheshire. Yes, Cheshire. Uh, you couldn't remember, could you? <laughs> couldn't remember. <laughs> Lancashire, Warwickshire and Cheshire. And it's an enormous shoot that the, the squad shoots at and we... Uh, it, it moves around from club to club every year, so it goes from Lancashire to Warwickshire to Cheshire. And last time it was held, we held it here at Rochdale Company of Archers. And it was a monumental shoot. We had targets for days up on our, our, our field. And it was just fantastic to see so many brilliantly practised archers come. And not only to see them shoot well, but also get on so well with everybody else. The archers made it a good day. And the volunteers the, also made it an absolutely fabulous day. We had an incredible field party. We had 14 or 15 volunteers who are practice members of the club yeah. who came just to help. And, and it wasn't just seniors. We had, we, had, we had juniors. We had juniors. Juniors here volunteering to help being field party, even if it was just a small task like being a runner, that's where the slip of paper is taken from the scorer that's on the uh, on the field uh, uh, as an archer, but is also doing the scoring, 
taken a slip of paper to the judges so that they can keep a running total of what the performance is. Lots and lots of volunteer jobs. That's an example of one really big shoot. Uh, that's probably the most over-the-top example that we do at Rochdale. There are smaller scale shoots as well. We have uh, a friendly shoot that's been ongoing with Blackpool Bowman for 64, mm. I think 65 years, something 60 like years, that. Uh, Certainly. Every year in August, we get to, together, one of our clubs or the other, and we just shoot, not the longer shoot, it's only seven and a half dozen, it's called an American. We do 60 yards, 50 yards and 40 yards, then we come in and gorge ourselves with food. And I'm sure that's what most of them show up for. Is the prizes? Absolutely, there are prizes. There are medals to be won. There are trophies to be won that are returned every year. Uh, there are keepsakes that you get to take home to say that you've won a trophy or a medal. Uh, the sword of Aragon for the juniors. The sword of Aragon for the juniors. <laughs> that was our idea. Oh, that was Paul's idea. He came. He um, he, he he made this wooden sword and said, "I want to turn it into a trophy for the juniors. What should we call it?" We got a little plaque made to say the sword of Aragon. Fantastic idea. But there are also... Is that Lord of the Rings? Absolutely. Yes, Aragon. Um, but there are also, on the day, uh, prizes to be handed out. So every now and again, once we've finished a shoot and uh, the judge calls that we are to collect our arrows, they'll say, and now we're going to present the award for the best yellow, uh, the best gold. So the arrow that's closest to the middle gets a prize, and it might be a yellow-coloured toilet brush. Uh, and it's, it's just a fun prize. Or, one of my favourites is, the worst white. So the person that gets their arrow furthest away from the middle gets a prize. And it's so much fun. Right, let's move on to giving advice. Okay. Um, now, you mentioned before about uh, people getting gas syndrome, which is gear acquisition syndrome, as a photographer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very familiar <laughs> with that. I hadn't noticed. <laughs> Um, what, so, not talking about kit, as a piece of advice for a struggling archer or a beginner archer, what would you say? I mean, what could you give them? I know it's difficult, Lan, but a general piece of advice for someone. As a coach, the first thing we say is come and have a shoot with us. And in a very informal, relaxed environment, we'll have a chat about what it is you're doing, what it is you want to do, because a lot of the time it's because nobody, it's because somebody doesn't have a clear goal. If they don't know what they want to achieve, it can be very difficult to see any development because you don't know what you're working towards. And if you don't know what you're working towards, you don't know what the steps are to get there. Mm. So we'll come and have a, a chat about what it is you want to achieve. Uh, and from there, as Gene and Roger have said, it's a matter of going back to basics. It might be a case of putting the bow down picking up an exercise band and looking at how your technique, uh, your understanding of your technique translates to picking up a bow. What we sometimes see is that, uh, is that you can pick up an exercise band and show exemplary, exemplary technique. You pick up your own bow and immediately go back to whatever it was you were doing before that's not working for you because you get into a kind of a, a comfortable... <laughs> A comfortable but ultimately wrong shooting position. Yeah, muscle memory. You can you can acquire something called muscle memory, and the the goal of a coach is to make sure that your muscle memory is correct. But an archer on their own will repeatedly keep doing the same thing wrong. So this is why coaching is really important because a coach isn't there necessarily to say you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. It's helping the the archer understand what they are doing. 
because an archer on their own can't see what you're doing. So the coach is there to be observant, to watch, to look, to listen, and then to explain what we can see and hear so that the archer understands what they're actually doing and then steering them in the right direction for a small correction. Am I making it sound too competitive? Do you have to go into a competition? Oh, not no. at all. No, no, absolutely, absolutely not. not. The majority of our members are not competitive members. Uh, uh, the demographic of archery is largely an older uh, set of people. So what we end up with is a lot of people who come just to have a good time, just to socialise with the people that they... They, they like and shoot with and they're always willing to uh, give advice to the younger ones to anybody actually archers as a rule enjoy sharing what they're doing yeah. because they're nice because Absolutely. they're nice yes I mean one of the pleasures that I have at the moment is that I'm able to come and shoot on my own because of lockdown restrictions uh, there's very few people in the range and therefore I'm being able to practice my archery for the first time in a way that I haven't done in a long, long time, and that is to shoot uninterrupted. But under normal circumstances, when I come down to shoot, there is an, an endless stream of people asking for help or asking for opinion or asking what's happening with the club, the development of chat. the club. Or they just want to chat. They just want to talk about archery. They want to talk about equipment. And every single coach I know will put their, put their ball down because they love talking about and helping people with archery. Um, okay, going back over, I'm going to ask you both now um, a challenging question. Uh, I want you to name one good thing about archery and one bad thing about archery that you've experienced. So, Andrew, take it away. Give me a good and a bad thing a about good. archery. Well, I'm still going to go back to coaching because I absolutely love helping uh, archers improve their archery. And I'm not just talking about beginners, I'm talking about the intermediate level archers that want to uh, improve their technique. So coaching is by far the best bit for me. The worst has got to be the coaching. <laughs> and I know that sounds wrong, but it means that the more time you give to coaching, the less time you have for picking up your own bow and doing your own shooting. So it's a two-edged sword. So on a, a pure, purely selfish level. Totally selfish level. The worst of it is coaching. Go on, Philip, your turn now. The best thing about archery, it's a sport that excludes no one. It doesn't matter whether you've got an injury. If you've got an injury, you tell us about it privately, but you tell us about it, and we can design a technique that works around your injury. If you have poor eyesight, we have ways of helping you. We have archers who are visually impaired or blind who can still hit the gold. There are archers who are born without arms who can still hit the gold and are arguably better than we are. An example is the Paralympian archer, Matthew Stutzman, who holds the world record for the longest shot to hit the target. I think it's 200 yards, which is double what we shoot. It's absolutely inclusive uh, to people with mental disabilities, people with physical disabilities, it doesn't matter. You talk to us about it, and we can design uh, solutions to help you shoot. And the worst thing about archery is, <laughs> is, is basically what um, Dad's already said. It's that the more time we put into it, the less time I've got to stick to put my own bow up and, uh, and 
do some archery for myself. So um, I'd like to do uh, more podcasts. And if there was another podcast, who would you like it to be with? Who would you think would make an interesting podcast? I think bring the juniors on. Yes, there are so many juniors who are absolutely willing to sit down and tell you exactly what they think of archery, and they will go on for days. <laughs> That's excellent. Right, well, thank you very much. On that note, um, Andrew and Philip, we, we shall end it there. It's been great, most informative. Just once again, just love to know if anyone is interested and they want to get in touch, um, what's the best way to get in touch with you and find out more details? Easiest way is to find us on the internet, RochdaleCompanyOfArchers.com. And all the contact details are on there. Lovely. Well, thank you. Fist bumps to Andrew and to Philip. And uh, thank you for watching. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Talk Archery podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review in whichever platform you listen to your podcasts on. Don't forget to follow this podcast so that you don't miss our next episode. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and soon there will be some videos on YouTube. If you have any comments, questions, or if you would like to suggest a person or topic for a future episode, then please email talkarchery600 at gmail.com. Thank you. And I hope you will join us soon for another Talk Archery podcast.